Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Excuse me. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. I can't stress that word, obedience. You know, it needs to be stressed a lot much, so much more. I cannot stress it enough. We must be obedient to the word of God. And so with that being said, we're going to pray and we're going to go into the word of God. My, my heart is filled with so much right now. But Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace for blessing us throughout this day. You've allowed us to enter into this third day of January 2024. <clears throat> and we are grateful for an opportunity to seek you, to call upon your name once again, to be of service unto you. Lord, we honor you for your goodness. We honor you for your grace. We honor you, Lord God, without asking for personal favors. You know what we have need of, and, and we thank you because of that. And we know, Lord God, that if we should ask anything in your name according to your will, that it shall be done. Well, God, we honor you and thank you, Lord, for being sovereign in our lives. We honor and thank you, Lord God, for how you have manifested yourself. You've allowed us to know you and to walk in a complete awareness of your presence. Lord God, thank you. Lord, I ask that you bless your word, Lord Jesus, this evening as we talk about your goodness and your grace, as we talk about your will, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would bless your people to hear those that are listening, those that are present now, those that will be listening later. I ask that you would bless them to not just hear it, but retain it and apply it to their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Again, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You know, while I understand, you know, happy new year to, to everyone that's listening as we have crossed over into a, another time, 2024, we've left 2023. We've left those numbers behind us. But 
everything else that happened on that last day of December, it also crossed over. It also crossed over. And we'll talk more about that uh, a little later, you know, because we like to, there's a lot of things that we do. And it doesn't make sense, but we continue to do it as if it's going to be different, it's gonna, uh, as, as if it's gospel, <laughs> you know, as if when we left over, uh, let me use this for an example, help you out here. When we exited from 2023 into 2024, if you had a $500 credit card bill in 2023, it didn't become zero. It didn't zero out when you crossed over into 2024. You still have that same bill and it still has to be paid. And so the difference is, will I pay that bill? How soon would I pay that bill? Or will I let it linger on? I understand you know, that that there are a number of cliches that people like to hold on to. Uh, But but there are some things that are very unfounded. There is no foundation for it. And yet we use it repeatedly as if it's truth. Now, this is not a cliche, but a stern warning to the church. Uh, I told you a few weeks ago that this is a year of preparation. This, This is a year of preparation. And so you need to be prepared because you expect God to move in a certain way. Don't expect him to move in a certain way and you're not prepared for it. You'll miss it. The Bible said to watch and pray. It didn't say just pray. It said watch. Watching is expectation. Watching is preparing because you know what you ask God for that it does line up with his will. And many people pray and their prayer does not line up with God's will. Lord, give me that person. You know, I want to marry them, but that's not God's will. He has his will is for you to, uh, to marry someone else or, you know, for various reasons. I'm just using that, um, that particular job that you wanted. You prepared for the interview. You were qualified. Uh, the money was, was what you were asking for. And you nailed that interview, but God said, no, he, he wanted you to, uh, to work over here at, at company ABC instead of company XYZ. And so therefore he closed that door, but he opened up the door for ABC because there are some people there that you may need to reach. So instead of you occupying that position immediately, it, it took you a few more weeks to get to where you wanted to go because God was in control of that according to his will. We need to remember that whatever we ask for, we're asking according to his will, not our desire. Even our desire. Let me help someone else out again. The Bible said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, it's talking about when we line up with his will, because then our will become his will. We, we then look at things differently compared to the way we look at them now. Now, whatever God does is and will be a blessing to those that follow and uh, those that are following what I'm telling you. A blessing doesn't mean that you're saved. Some people confuse um, items, things, healing, that you're saved and that you're all right with God. 
there are people that that don't worship the Lord. They believe in God, but belief is not salvation. Belief is just that you you uh, you could you affirm within yourself that something exists, you know. It, <clears throat> and and so we want to be blessed and we want to be saved. Uh, all right. So there are those that are blessed, you know. Uh, didn't he do it? Won't God do it? You know, and all of those, they walk around singing the lyrics and everything, making affirmations. But listen, you want to be blessed and be saved. And God does too. Uh, the Bible said, I would that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. And so God is not interested in blessing you uh, naturally and not blessing you spiritually. You should be interested in being blessed both naturally and spiritually. I am interested in you being blessed naturally and spiritually. So, because you want to be saved, you want to be saved. And so you have to prepare and understand that you're going to, that you want to stand in God's presence. If you're a liar, you can't stand in his presence. The Bible said that liars will not tarry in his sight, meaning that you, you don't even have a chance. And the Bible said without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So for those that say, well, you know, holiness doesn't apply. Um, you better read your Bible again. It does apply. I don't even have to talk about sin. Because when you start digging into what it means to be holy as God is holy, and you say that I'm walking highly favored and blessed, you know, the, all the cliches that people like to latch on to because they heard someone else say it, but don't understand what it means. Not saying that to be offensive, but you need to understand what you're talking about. Then if you're going to say that I am, uh, God said, I am, he's holy. He's holy. And so if we're going to be like him, then we must be holy. And that's going to cause us to put away some things. It's going to cause people to not do things that they are doing, whatever they see others doing. As a matter of fact, it's going to cause you to zip your mouth up and not say things that you shouldn't be saying. Even against his anointed, the Bible said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And so, you know, there's an abundance of things that are going on, which are signs of the end time. <clears throat> people are devouring one another. Now, we're still in the book of Genesis and we're going to go there, but I'm stirred in my spirit and I just want to touch on this because as we prepare, as we are preparing, as we are repositioning ourselves, I need you to understand 1 Peter 4, 17, 18 says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm I've been a little under the weather, so please pray for me. Um, and I, I would have. I actually was in bed, and you know, and I realized that what today and the time is, and and made my way here to prepare um, and to minister the word of God this evening. And, and so, and then I'm going to take some medicine. And I'm going to retire for to this evening. All right. But pray for me right now, because we're going to get through this. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, brothers, sisters, 
barely, we're barely making it in based upon uh, criteria that God has said, where shall the ungodly in the center appear? It don't matter about how much money you have. Don't get, don't be starstruck. God is not starstruck. He's not starstruck. He, he, uh, he doesn't deal with sensationalism and all the stuff that people deal with and the fame and the glory, you know, that, that have you gasping for air when you see somebody, you know, they wink at you or you think they looked your way and, you know, and all of a sudden, listen, God's not impressed with that. He's impressed with a soul that repenteth. And so they're unrepentant people. Sins have never been remitted. Because you say, I believe in God or I accept Christ as my personal savior. Were your sins remitted? Now, some would say that, that my sins are remitted when I confess Christ as my Lord and savior. That is not what the Bible says. And it doesn't teach that. We got to eat the whole rope. We got to take it all in, not just part of it. And the sad thing is that we are in some dark days. People are sharing their own gospel message. There is a contaminant, a dreadful disease. It's demonic by nature that what you want and get what you want out of it. Take what you want. You don't have it your way and ignore the rest. And God is all right with that. Uh, everyone has it. You, we used to call them pew preachers uh, back in the day. You know, the, the, the pastor get up and preach a message saying, live right, serve the Lord, you know, handle your business. See, you're not. Listen, let me tell you something. Living saved and sanctified doesn't mean that you don't pay your bills on time. It don't mean that you don't you don't handle business. It doesn't mean you don't go to school. It doesn't mean that you that you do those things, you know, that are derogatory. That's going to impact your natural man. You're not going to be all spiritual and 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 then naturally um, listen. And those that are doing well, we should help those that are not, because there are people that are not doing well naturally. But God blesses us so that we can help them. That's why the Bible said, "The poor you have with you always." And he that gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. Now. We're in some dark days. People are, are spewing out their own form of godliness. They're spewing it out. They're kicking it out. They're spitting rhythms and rhymes and messages that, that don't line up with the word of God. People say things that, um, that unless they explain what they're saying, if you don't have the correct content of what is being said, you don't know what they mean behind it. You don't know. And so my prayer and hope is that you are fasting. Uh, um, if you're fasting, if you don't have a fast day, I want to encourage you to get a day. Pick a day that you're going to fast on. If you're not sure, fast with me. Fast with me. I'm fasting on Tuesdays from uh, 12 midnight to three o'clock the next day. That is regular fast day. If you have not and don't know what day to fast on, then I want to encourage you to, to do the same. Join in with me in fasting. Fasting. Fasting is important. The Bible said some things come by prayer and fasting. And so you, there's, you have to apply both. You can't just do the one. And, and so I, I hope that you are. And there's a lot of false teaching. 
and catchphrases that are circulating. And this information is deadly. Catchphrases don't have all the content, as I said, and people are, aren't asking for content. They're satisfied with a soundbite that, uh, that meets their agenda. If you follow them instead of your pastor, you will not be saved. It's imperative that you follow your pastor. The Bible said that the pastor watches for your soul. The pastor is the under shepherd and they have to give an account for you. Uh, everyone is not your pastor. Don't be deceived. Uh, uh, if, if you are a member of another church, that church you're a member of is your pastor. The one that's theirs, watch it. God's going to, God's holding them accountable to watch for your soul. When you, that means they're praying for you. They're calling your name out. They, they, they know you personally. I, I hope that they are aware of your presence. And, and so uh, you should be following them and whatever they say. You don't have to understand everything to, to be obedient because you're not, you're not going to understand everything God says. And so you, you have to be obedient and just wait. Now, deception says I can do it my way and God will accept it. But the Bible says, uh, it says this, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so we're looking for God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven, not your, the, what people are doing here on earth is not going to, it doesn't, it's not going to exist and it's not part of the principle of God. You want to understand and know the principles of God, get in the word, get in the word. The kingdom of God has been established and it is impossible to live a life in the kingdom of God that does not conform to his word. It's impossible. People are deceived. They're thinking that they're going, that they're going, they can just enter into God's presence and and they're going to just live according to what they want outside of his word. And, and he's going to accept me. You better listen. The Bible said hell is enlarging itself. So the, the, it said broad is the way and narrow is the path that 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 leads. So there and few there be that find it. And so you need to understand that you need to bear this in mind. The kingdom of God is a society. It's his society. And is a place for the, all those that inherit eternal life. Everyone is not going to inherit eternal life. Everyone is not going to inherit eternal life because they're in the flesh. Flesh and blood cannot and does not and will not um, enter into the kingdom of God. And the Bible is clear about that. Read, read. I believe it's in Galatians or Ephesians. So you can find that on your own time. But uh, Cornerstone is a Bible-believing church, so we're going to stick to the Word of God and what it has to say. And we all must conform to the Word of God. And so Matthews, Matthews 24, 10, 13 says, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Yeah, these are signs of the time. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, and the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And so you cannot uh, be, uh, if you're offended, if you're betraying folks, if you're hating on each other, if you're a false prophet, and you know people want to follow the prophets. Prophets aren't, don't give an account for your soul. I told you the pastor does. Uh, prophets have a, a, a temporary message. 
And, but there, there are those that are deceitful. Uh, they're not ministering the word of God. We have a, a nation. We have a world of people that need to be reached. And, and so therefore, if, if uh, the word of God comes and it says it's the signs and wonders are for the unbeliever. So why isn't the signs and wonders being administered to unbelievers? And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. The sound bites of, of that day and time deceive, discourage, and cause many to fall away. That's why the as we read from the book of Acts, the church is established. You read Romans, Ephesians, Galatians, and on through. Uh, it establishes um, and affirms the will of God uh, because there was deception. Many people thought that the rapture had taken place and that they had left been left behind. People thought they were in the tribulation period because of the persecution that was going on. If you are in the tribulation period, your soul is lost. There is no, I'm going to... I'm going to become a martyr and, and die for the cause of Christ and be saved. Listen, if you're struggling now and God has given his spirit, the Holy Ghost, uh, to, to that you would be saved because of dunamis, the power that he gives to be a witness, how are you going to live saved and the Holy Ghost is not there to help you? How are you going to be saved if the name of Jesus, which is, as I've stressed, is a temporary name and you're going to have to really listen and stay in the word of God with us in order to see that. Now you can read it for yourself in, in Revelation, but understand what I'm saying is that we are stressing that and letting you know that you must uh, grab hope to salvation. The sound bites of that day, yeah, there were sound bites, people mumbling and saying things that they should not have been saying and and the disciples had to correct it. Uh, Peter, Elder Peter, Apostle Peter, Bishop Peter, whatever you want to, uh, the believer, Peter, uh, had to correct them because some said that that the world continues on and God is slow concerning his promise. And he had to, had to correct them. No, nope, God's not slack concerning his promise. Uh, the Apostle Paul, same thing, said, you know, many are going to fall away. And so there is yet a falling away and people don't know that they're falling away. They're thinking that they're doing their own thing. And that's, that's one of the things about deception is that you don't know until someone pointed out and then you have to make a decision to stay or to change. And so the sound bites for that day and time deceive, discourage, and cause many to fall away, just like the sound bites of today are deceiving, discouraging, and calling people to fall away. You know, I heard someone make a statement and say, well, you know, I don't go to church and I'm better off with God without uh, being at a church. My relationship with God is much more better now than it's ever been. That's impossible. And the reason it's impossible is because the Bible said, how can you hear? And you can't hear without a preacher. That's, I believe that's Romans 10 and 14. How are you going to hear God and you're not hearing his messenger? And every messenger is not for everyone. Yes, no. Every messenger is not for everyone. Just like every class, college class that you take, the teachers are, are different. And so someone might like this particular uh, uh 
pastor that is preaching the word, the unadulterated truth and the way they administer the word. Someone else may like someone else that is teaching and preaching the unadulterated truth. And, and the truth hurts sometimes. It, it even hurts the preacher that, that's administering the word. And, and so because they get rebuked too. When Moses was at the river and he was Lord and he was tripping over the fact that Pharaoh's army was, was gaining upon them. And the Lord asked him, what's that in your hand? That was not a gentle question. <laughs> that was a, that was not a gentle question that came about. And so there was something for him to act upon because now he had experience with God and his, his thought level. Um, you know, it should have matured more. Now, I'm not Monday morning quarterback, and I'm just saying, when we look at it, we realize that things are, you know, we have to step up. We have to step up. And, and so there are many that are deceived. They're deceived, and people are turning and going their own way. Corinthians, and we're still in Genesis. I, I'm getting there. First uh, Corinthians 4. 14, 16 says, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved son, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Follow your pastor. Support and pray for your pastor. Be there as a physical source of strength because sometimes they need it. When Israel was on the battlefield, they were winning and then they started to lose. And someone noticed that Moses, as long as his arms was up, they were winning. But when Moses' arms became physically tired, then two of them went and they stood there next to him and they held his arms up until they had the victory. Stand by your pastor. You ought to be calling your pastor name on in prayer and your in your during your personal devotion. And, and so you don't have there there might be tens of thousands of instructors, but you better pay attention to your father in the gospel. Your gospel, the one that is is breathing and nurturing you. Follow them. First Corinthians eleven and one. Be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. So as long as I'm following Christ, yeah, follow me. If I'm not following Christ, you're not obligated to follow me. But if I'm following Christ, and I am, because I'm concerned about my own soul, I, I am very serious about my soul's salvation. From what I've seen and understand and have experienced with God, you're not going to persuade me any other way. Now, we're in the book of Genesis, touching the law of the, the universe, man, earth, spirit. We are touching the cause and the designing, uh, design of all things, which is God himself. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word is God, was God. All things were made by him. There's not anything that was made that was not made by him. Now, Cornerstone, C-O-G, Cornerstone of Grace. I told you that you were not we're not on the outside looking in, but we're on the inside. We're not in, on the inside. We're not wallflowers. You know, back in the day, a wallflower was someone that, that went to a party and they stood around by the wall. They didn't get on the dance floor. They didn't participate or anything like that. And so they called them wallflowers. We're not wallflowers. 
Second Timothy 1 and 6 says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. Cornerstone, at home, at church, you need to be calling on the presence of the Lord. You need to be praying and seeking God. Uh, there should be, when someone walk into your home, there should be an anointing that is in the home. There should be a peace. There should be a presence of God in the home. And evidence should be near and visible, easily discerned by saint or sinner. By saint or sinner. In our last Bible class, I touched on entreating the Lord. You cannot entreat him unless you get to know him on an intimate level. His word is intimacy. When applied according to Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's very intimate. All your heart, all your soul. That means you're going to shut some things down. You're going to stop doing some things. Uh, we're not going to play games. We don't play games with God. Well, he's going to forgive me. The Lord said, I'll have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So we don't play games with God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all your heart. That doesn't take away from your marriage. It don't take away from relationship that you're nurturing because you want to be married. But you're going to put God first and you're going to keep him first and you're not going to live a life and then and then disappoint him and disappoint yourself and disappoint some, anyone else. You're going to love him with all your heart. You're going to love him with all your soul and with all your might, all your energy. If your heart is filled with the application of his word, I didn't say quoting scriptures. I, I don't want to hear you quote scriptures. I want to know that you live in a life. His emphasis is on being a living version of his word. Not only will you be blessed here, but you will be saved. Now, I practice the Bible. I practice Bible principles, meaning that that in practicing Bible principles, it, it touches your natural. You don't have to have a lot to be blessed. You just be blessed and you'll know you're blessed. I don't have a lot, but I'm blessed. And I'm looking, I, I, matter of fact, I, I, there's a blessing that's on its way. Uh, it's on my, it's on its way uh, to me. And so uh, preaching Bible and teaching and practicing Bible principles. Now, first of all, the teaching applies to you first. The preaching applies to you first. The exhortation applies to you first. And so when you practice those principles, those principles will change your credit score, your, your savings account. Your employment, the same principles that are in the word of God is being taught by other advisors as root. They're rooted in the scriptures. They're rooted in the word of God. The world don't practice it, but God does. But you have to apply it and you have to know how to apply. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God and man. So why wouldn't you study to show yourself approved even when it comes to your natural things? If you a mechanic, be the best mechanic in whatever field of mechanic uh, that you're in, be the best. Know what you're doing. Now, let me let me touch this here. Idol worship is acknowledgement of any wood, plastic, metal, rubber, ceramic or some other foreign object 
in place of God. And some say, well, I'm not putting nothing else in front of God. Are you really? Can you really make that statement? If or it cannot live, if you cannot live without it, if you can't live without it, then it, if that is yours, then that means it is your support instead of Jesus. That means God is not sovereign in your life. Deliverance, deliverance means that God, you've delivered me from this thing. And so I don't need to worship anything else but you. If anything else, if you are dependent on anything else to help you and not the word of God, if you are dependent on wood, metal, plastic, rubber, ceramic, or some other foreign object to help you, then he is not your savior. Now, I'm not talking about medicine that, that's for your body. I'm talking about objects that people worship. People wear things around their neck, on their arms, on their ankles, all kind of stuff as a symbol that they're relying on something else outside of God. The thing that you place your trust in is your God. And that is a problem. You cannot and will not make God. He is not sovereign in your life as long as things are in his place. Remember Deuteronomy. Remember what it said. In Deuteronomy. Is God sovereign in your life today? Now, our, our topic in Genesis is that we're listening for God to answer. But is God answering you? Now, God will show up and he will do things to let you know that his presence is there. But it's not to, for you to continue on the same path. It's for you to get to know him. Abraham was an idol worshiper. Abraham, when we're in Genesis 24, chapter 15, verse, and listening for God's answer. Abraham was an idol worshiper, and God spoke to him. Now, at the time God spoke to him, was he able to distinguish that it was God, sovereign God? Or was he still dealing, was there a mindset of dealing with idols and things that he had been praying to before? I'm going to say that it took him a moment to get to know God, to get to know sovereign God. And so I understand that there are those that are coming in from other places that have to get to know who God is. But for those that have been around for a little while, that's not an excuse for you because you should know who he is now. You should understand the power of God, especially if he's displayed his power in your life. Especially if you say, I'm a minister, they don't, whatever position that you hold in the church, you're by now, by now, there's been a little while. And so we don't put nothing else ahead of God. Uh, I don't carry a parrot on my shoulder uh, to church with me to remind me that, you know, as a, a an encouragement to my soul that, that I'm all right. No, God is my encouragement. We're talking about God and we're talking about him being sovereign. I don't put a, a little plastic um, a piece of jewel in my pocket. Now, this came up because one of the well, a young man who goes to a Catholic school, he, um, and so he understands that they, they practice at the Catholic school 
Um, um, and, and so he asked a question about objects, uh, people wearing objects for good luck, people wearing objects for remembering things, people wearing objects that if I wear this object, then I won't sin. Well, then you, it, so that means when the object is off, you'll sin. That, that means that there's something else deeper and wrong and you need to spend time with God. You need deliverance. You're not delivered. If when you take it off or without it, you, you when you're on the football field or you're on the baseball or you're at work and you don't, you know, it's sort of like people when they leave their cell phone at home. You could have driven five miles away and and you run it late for work and realize that you don't have that cell phone and you begin to miss it. You begin to go through withdrawals and, and some of you will get off the freeway and go back home and get that cell phone instead of going on to work as if it's your lifeline. We didn't always have cell phones because we couldn't afford them. We didn't always have that. And so we used the phone wherever we got to. And I know we don't have pay phones and different things today. And I understand all of that, but I'm using it as an example because some of you have experienced those type of withdrawals. But that should not be the case with any object that when you lay those things down, that you go through withdrawals, that you must have it. And so this this young man was asked to me and talking with me, uh, he, he said, so um, people wear crosses. They, they have beads and different things and they rub the beads and they they kiss the cross for good luck and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I explained to him that none of those things are alive. Uh, that stuff, we don't believe in luck. We believe in the power of God and our dependency is on God. And we have to know how to listen and hear what God is saying. And there's some things God is not involved in. Nope. Some things are left up to you to be involved in. And, and so that means that physical conditioning and different things. And so, you know, just like studying to show yourself approved in the natural is something that you must do. You must apply. Even your soul salvation with all your heart, mind, body, and soul must be applied unto the Lord. Now, listen. And it came to pass, the 15th verse, chapter 24, Genesis, before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethlehem, son of Melchah, and the wife of Nahor, and Abraham's brother, which pitched upon her shoulder. And so she had pitcher to get water as she was carrying it. And so while he was yet praying, um, and so some answers that, that we're looking for actually have already come. There are some answers that while we're yet praying is going to arrive. And there are some answers we have to wait for. And so I'm waiting on God. And, and while I'm waiting, I'm doing the word. I'm doing the word. What does the word say? Luke 19, 13. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds. And said unto them, occupy till I come. So what you know you need to do, you should be doing it. Whatever it is that you've been asked to do, maybe your pastor has asked you to do something, that you should be focusing on doing that, um, you know, spending some time with it. You may not spend, you not spend two or three hours, but you have to spend some time with it so that you make some progress with it. So that it's, it doesn't become uh, something that then the pastor is waiting and it's not being done or I forgot about it or I'm going to do it tomorrow. We don't do that for our jobs. 
and we should not do that unto the Lord. But while we're waiting, the Bible tells each of us to occupy till he come because we have something of value that God has given us. And so if God has given you anything of value, you ought to be putting it to use right now. Rebecca's name means captivating or snare. So Rebecca was attractive, you know. Not, not going to talk about what she looked like because we don't know. But her name in itself said that she was captivating. So apparently she was very attractive um, to look up on. And, and the scripture does point this out. And this could be mentally. It could be emotionally and physically. And if you find someone that is mentally attractive, emotionally attractive, and physically attracting, you have a jewel. Don't misuse her and don't misuse him. The servant was looking for all of these qualities. He was tentative and he's looking for these qualities and, and who he is going to present to Isaac based upon what Abraham had instructed him. Now, this was uh, Rebecca or um, the son, uh, Abraham's brother. Um, this was related to the family, and this is what he was looking for. Go among my kinfolks, uh, someone that is related to me. And the 16th verse said, the damsel was very fair to look upon. See, the Bible points it out. And she was a virgin. She hadn't been sneaking around doing things, you know. She she wasn't, um, she was a virgin. And so and that's not to say anything about any of anyone else and what you may have done, because obviously this being pointed out says that every female was not a virgin, which means every male was not a virgin. But she had kept herself. And so she had not known anyone. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And so while she was there, now recall the servant had requested of the Lord, said, let it come to pass that the damsel whom I shall say, let down that pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give the camel drink also. Let the same be she that have appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast um, shown kindness unto my master. And so while the servant was yet praying this, all of this transpired that she came along and, and said, hey, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give you something to drink. I'll get your camel something to drink. All of this unraveled right, uh, you know, in the midst of him praying. It's the same today. God is able to do the same thing today. But we have to position ourselves to being faithful to him, to being attentive to him being reliable to him, shutting down everything else that would cause us to, to, to not be any of those things that I've mentioned. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? You know, sometimes we go to prayer and we're on the altar and we're praying and, and we're just, Lord, I, I don't really have nothing to say. And so, you know, and it doesn't mean that you don't have nothing to say to it, but, um, but you're listening. Lord, I'm here and I'm listening for you to talk to me. And whether he says anything or not is his preference. But the fact that I'm listening 
I'm, my mind is not, I'm not allowing my mind to wonder uh, and think about the stove at home, to think about the car, to think about work or anything like that, but I'm listening. Position yourself in a state of listening. Now, I, I laugh sometimes because when I see people praying, they have their hands coupled together and folded their hands and stuff. Um, do you have a scripture for that? I know scripture that says, lift your hands up, feel for him that you might find him. We ought to be feeling for God that we may find him, feel for him and find him. Don't let this time escape without you finding God, without you finding and applying the hunger, feeling the hunger and thirst as God has promised. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. There's a promise that God has made. You don't need no one to speak that over your life. The word of God has already spoken it. He's already spoken it. And so the Bible said, and the servant ran to meet uh, meet her. And she said, let me, I pray thee, drink uh, Pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And so he's, he's communing with her. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher uh, upon her hand and gave drink to him. And when she had done uh, giving him drink, she said, I will draw water unto the camels until, until they have done drinking. I'm going to make sure that they feel. And so that's going to take a little while as for them to store up the water that they need, the camels. And she hasted and emptied her pitchers in the trough and ran again to the well of water and drew for all the camels. Now, this servant was not traveling by himself. There were other people that was with him. He had protection because Abraham had a little army, you know, some people that was some, some soldiers that had trained with him. And so they knew how to fight. And he didn't send camels and, and riches and stuff just off of one man. And so the man wondered, at her and held his peace. He didn't say anything to witness whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So that is important that we sometimes just listen to understand, Lord, is this you or is it me? We can want something to transpire and happen so that we, um, we listen and, you know, we, or we don't listen, excuse me or that we don't listen and we miss out on what God is saying because of our own desire. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. Now, Nathan, God bless you. You asked a question and said, why do we fast? Fasting is a, is a way of denying the flesh. God is a spirit and the Bible says, he that worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. And so when we, we could spend so much time eating and, and feeding our, our flesh that we ignore other things. Your spirit, man, your body is, your spirit is housed in the soul and the soul is housed in the body. And so the spirit man required those things that are spiritual. And so when we consecrate, fasting is a form of consecration. Lord, I'm not going to eat. I'm sacrificing uh, that, that chicken. I'm sacrificing that, uh, that um, 
uh, hummus. I'm sacrificing uh, uh, that burrito. I'm sacrificing um, some food here. And I'm giving myself wholly unto attention, your attention. Uh, I need your attention. And so that's what fasting is for. There are also consecrations where, let's say, for instance, you are, uh, you you like cake. I use, <laughs> I use that example because I, I like cake. You know, I'll eat salad. I'll eat all vegetables because I know I'm going to have some cake later to balance it out. Um, and so, because I like cake and there's no secret. But now I'm going to sacrifice and I'm not going to eat any cake. Knowing how much I like cake, I'm not going to eat no cake because I, I want to offer that up as a sacrifice unto the Lord. Lord, I want your attention. So therefore, for the next 30 days, I will not eat any cake. I'm not going to indulge in that area because I want your attention. And so that's the same with fasting. So I, I just... Two things. There is the fasting where you have no food. And then there is a consecration where you may offer up something that you that you're not going to do for the next for a certain time period. And because you want God's attention and the Lord understand these things and he pays attention to our actions. And so this is important. Do you think fasting is, is so healthy for your body? Yes. Um, if you stop eating a food, your body actually will purge itself. Now, I, I was when I first heard about fasting many years ago, I, I fasted for three, three straight days. I didn't eat anything. And, and this was a time of learning that and this was something I did. It was something I did. And in that three days, my body actually cleansed itself. And, you know, just what, just what it means, it cleansed itself. And so there was a release of everything that, that, that was stored up in my body because within your upper and lower testaments, your body store things. And so that stuff was released, um, of three days of not eating. And so, um, fasting is healthy for you, because sometimes you need to, we need to give our body a rest from eating. And if you, and if you, if you search it out for yourself, you, you'll see this, that sometimes we need to, to just stop, flush our body out. Um, water, we'll drink more coffee uh, or juice and stuff uh, than we do water. And our body itself is, is made up of more water than anything. If if when you drink water and you're drinking it because you're thirsty, then that means that there's a problem. Your body is actually crying out at that moment saying, I, I need water because I've been deprived. If your lips is chapped, it means you don't have water in it, your body. Uh, if you're not getting enough water or if you're not getting enough vegetables, your your face even will break, break out in blotches patches of skin lighter than other parts, which is telling you, saying that you're not, you don't have enough of what you need in your body to sustain you. So there are a number of different things and signs and stuff of what our body needs and what it should have. And one of those things also include fasting, going without um, eating certain things. You know, um, maybe you may not eat meat 
for a moment for 30 days or something because you're offering that up as a sacrifice. Uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, the Bible said that Daniel, when he was taken into captivity and he was in captivity for something that he did not do, but because of what the nation did. And so everyone suffers because of what a group of people does, but God sustained him and he didn't forget who he was serving during that time. And so he asked the, the those that was over him, he said, listen, he said, uh, during this, this time can I am devoted to my God. Now, he's a young man. He's a young, I, I don't, the Bible don't even tell us how old he is. People paint pictures of him being a teen and others, a child. I, I believe he was a child. That's my personal belief. And so he was already knew of God. He, he His conscious awareness of who God was and what the Lord was doing in, in his life, in his life, the relationship. And he didn't understand fully why they were in captivity but he did have a relationship with God. And so he said, I don't want to eat the king's meat. I don't want to drink the king's wine. Now, there are others that was enjoying the king's meat and they were enjoying the king's wine. Daniel said, give me, give us lentinol. And lentinol is a type of soup, um, bean soup. I don't know if it has how much vegetables in it. I don't know. But I do know that it's a meatless uh, uh, soup. Some people um, uh, today's call it a Daniel fast and stuff like that. And so, but anyway, he stayed on this, and the Bible said that his continence was much fairer than everyone else's than those that was with him. Uh, and, and so, uh, the young men that also joined in with him, uh, read that first chapter, um, read the first and second chapter of Daniel, and you'll see what I'm talking about. That their complexion and everything was a lot better than everyone else's. And so they became very noticeable to such that that the Lord, um, that the, the, the servant took away the meat and the, and the uh, wine from all of those uh, that was at the, uh, the, the school of the child of, um, the school of the Chaldeans, took away all of their um, substance and told them they all would be on this diet because of how they looked you know, there are so many things that we eat today that is poisoning us. They didn't have all the what what they called um, organic food. Everything pretty much was organic then compared to what it is today. But there was a difference in the way he looked and felt. And when you fast, there is a difference in the way you look and the way you feel. I hope I said something that that helps. If not, um, if you want more information, please visit connectingtruth.org that is connectingtruth.org and drop me a message there and, and I'll elaborate more on that as, as well and I'll give you more scriptorial texts about fasting and praying and seeking God if you would like alright uh, and thank you for the question I, I appreciate that it is it, you should ask questions about what you need to know. And I want to encourage everyone, no matter uh, what church you attend, I hope you attend in a church of truth and power. Be faithful to your church and ask questions. There is a divine obligation of the minister to answer those questions that you're asking. The Bible says to, uh, until we all come into the statue and the measure of the man Christ Jesus. 
You're not to be like me. I'm striving to be like Christ. That's who I'm pointing you to. I'm pointing you to Christ Jesus. And, and so um, if there's no other questions, thank God for you. Um, we have been working on our um, on our on CLG TV. And so we will be launching CLG TV um, on our website, which is connectingtruth.org. We'll be launching that. Can, uh, please post that right now so others can see it. So there's no mistake about what that is. Uh, connectingtruth.org. And so that you can watch live service. Um, the word of God is, is being ministered uh, from our website. Um, that's our preference instead of Instagram or Facebook or anything of that nature. Um, and we are also on May 30th, 31st, and June 1st, we will be uh, celebrating a Pentecost service, and we call it uh, SoCal Pentecost. And for more information to that, uh, you'll find that also on our uh, website, connectingtruth.org. That is connectingtruth.org. Now, the text there, I'm, I'm seeing it posted here, and it looked like the font is black. That's kind of hard to read, but if you can read it, it is connectingtruth.org. And we do have a flyer uh, posted there regarding that service on May 30th, 31st, and it'll soon be here. Next thing you know, it'll be four months away, then, then three months away. And so uh, May 30th, 31st, and June 1st, we will be celebrating Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is, is not like any other service. It's not like a regular Sunday service because something in particular happened uh, on the day of Pentecost. If you have read or heard about it, and God is still moving by his power. He is still moving by his spirit, and we are anticipating a great time in the Lord. And to me, a great time is not... Um, it means that people are being filled with the Holy Ghost. It means that people are repenting of sin. It means that people are dedicating and rededicating them, their lives unto the Lord. And the Bible tells us that it, that do your first works over again. Meaning that if you left off from doing your first works, you need to come back and do those first works over again. There's hotel information that's posted there for those that are that may be traveling and some are traveling and already confirmed that they're going to be here. And so uh, there's a hotel right um, up the street. And that hotel information is uh, posted there on the um, on the flyer. So, again, if you go to the website, you'll see the flyer. Or if you click on the Instagram icon, uh, you'll see um, something that was just posted there this evening prior to the um, to this uh, exhortation. Of the word of God. Listen, uh, God bless you. Thank you for your time and for tuning in. And listen, we're listening for God's answer. We're listening. And so we're waiting on God to hear whatever he has to say. And I want to remind you that we are not on the outside looking in, but we are on the inside. And because we're on the inside, there is so much more to see. Amen. God bless you. Continue to pray for me. You know, as um, looking for the will of God to be done. And so we thank God for uh, 
for each of you and pray for someone else. Don't, I, I was taught not to be selfish in your prayers. If you pray for someone else, the Bible says this, that God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Meaning that whatever you do, whether it's right or wrong, but we're talking about doing what's right. Pray for someone else, hold them up in prayer. Someone will be praying for you. God bless you. Again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson with Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Thank God for the soul that, that went down on the last day of December uh, as they committed their life unto the Lord. Heaven was rejoicing, but I, I was rejoicing too in the presence of God, in the presence of the angels, and all of those that was there. Just thank God for his kindness. Continue to pray for one another. In Jesus' name, now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you.